Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Sports Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. Joined as always by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. A lot to get into in this edition of Talking Tide. Of course, you can get us on Twitter. Talking underscore Tide is the Twitter feed. Want to thank a quick sponsor. That would be Peter Brook, chocolatier of Tuscaloosa. More on Peter Brook a little bit later in the program. Uh, and of course, wherever you like to get your podcast, you can get Talking Tide. That would include Apple Podcasts. And of course, we're live on YouTube and Facebook as well. You can get playbacks, of course, uh, on Facebook uh, and YouTube too. So check us out. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, all that stuff. Travis, we dive in here talking uh, Alabama football in between scrimmage number two and eight. Of course, uh, A-Day will be coming up Saturday. We'll be talking about that a little bit later in the program. But uh, second scrimmage now in the books was held on Saturday, Travis. Uh, pretty nice weather, by the way, uh, in Tuscaloosa for that one. And uh, yeah. Nick Saban post-scrimmage, of course, once again, closed media, although a few birds were singing, Travis, as usual, uh, who got into uh, – this particular scrimmage, but uh, uh, your thoughts on what you heard uh, and uh, from Nick Saban and elsewhere on this second run through. Yeah, you know, you start with the quarterback position, obviously, as Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson continue to work through that competition. You still got a couple of early enrollees, too, that you heard a few things about, Dylan Lonergan, um, also Eli Holstein in that mix, but uh, primarily those first two guys, as we expected. And from what I can gather, they kind of come out of these first two scrimmages the way they went in. It was almost a default status going into spring with Milrow first up, followed by Ty Simpson. But uh, from what I can gather, what I can get from Nick Saban and those bits and pieces anyway, it uh, sounds like it's still in that sort of a, a scenario. Not, not finished by any means, but... Uh, Heard some good things, heard some not-so-good things. Heard Nick Saban allude to that where the quarterback position was concerned on Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium. So, continued quest for consistency on a down-in and down-out basis. Uh, I think both those quarterbacks have shown some flashes of being the guy. Uh, I think it's filling in those gaps a little bit better uh, that's ultimately going to determine that situation. And then, uh, Justice Haynes, obviously, uh, just even from Nick Saban's comments post-scrimmage, uh, that's going to be a runaway hype train, it might be. Now, they've got other backs. I mean, they still have Jace McClellan, still have Roy Dell Williams, still have Jam Miller. So, uh, as we both know, they like to use multiple backs. But, boy, it sounds like Justice Haynes is everything he was billed to be coming over from the state of Georgia. Yeah, I was told he looked outstanding in the scrimmage. Uh, as for Milrow, I was told Milrow kind of came out like a house on fire and was extremely effective early in the scrimmage, uh, maybe faded a little bit later. Um, you know, I heard there was a pick six uh, for Milrow. Also heard that wasn't altogether on him. Uh, mm -hmm. So, and, 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 you know, again, we're not there, Travis. These are just things you hear from people who are. Uh, and therefore, there are things that uh, I may describe, may have described differently had I seen with my own eyes. Uh, but those are just uh, a few of the things that, that, that I was told. The offensive line, especially that right side with Tyler Booker and J.C. Latham, apparently looking very strong. Uh, and uh, 
paving the way for those aforementioned running backs. Uh, and again, Alabama, as was the case in scrimmage number one, a little shorthanded on the defensive side of the ball, maybe not quite as much as they were a week ago, but Chris Braswell apparently still out, Travis, from what I understand. Um, so you got to factor that into what you hear about the offensive line, right? You do. Um, Dallas Turner's still out, obviously. Uh, Deontay Lawson. So there's still some noticeable, notable uh, absences for Alabama on that side of the ball. But, yeah, I mean, what you liked hearing from Nick Saban post-scrimmage in terms of the identity of this team, especially from a leadership perspective to this point, has been the offensive line, which makes sense because you've got a J.C. Latham that's back as a starter. You've got Seth McLaughlin, Darian Dahlcourt have played a lot of football. Tyler Booker played a lot of football last year as a true freshman, which kind of moves you to that left tackle position and Elijah Pritchett. Um, kind of a mixed bag from what I understand. Not a big surprise uh, with Elijah Pritchett because this guy missed time in the fall. He had that torn peck last summer uh, in the in the lead up to the preseason. So, you know, you think about it, it's still in some ways for Elijah Pritchett, it's um, it's the the period where you're, you're still adapting to, to football at this level uh, while also being very much in the mix for a, a job, a starting job. And so, uh, but yeah, I thought as an extension of the offensive line, Nick talking about the running back position and the physicality. And I like that he threw Kendrick Law in there too, because Kendrick Law is first and foremost an all around football player. He plays wide receiver, but this is a guy that you see on a lot of special teams. This is a guy who doesn't have a problem with perimeter blocking. This is a guy who doesn't have problem with contact, uh, yards after the catch, those type of things. So it's always good to see a guy like that get noticed, especially when we haven't talked about him as much in relation to the top three or four wide receivers to this point. Yeah, Kendrick Law, apparently a strong scrimmage for sure. Mm -hmm. Isaiah Bond, I was told, did a really nice job of getting open, but did have a couple of drops uh, for Alabama. He'll be one to watch as well. Nick Saban um, mentioned that Bond overall is having a, good, a pretty good spring the other day. I don't think it was Saturday. Uh, but back to, quickly to the offensive line, Travis, and then we'll kind of leave that topic after that. But, you know, we talked, you know, in, in February, March, kind of leading into spring practice uh, about the possibility of J.C. Latham making that move from the right side to the left side. We've seen it happen before with, with other Alabama offensive tackles. They go from right to left and then to the NFL. It's, it's been a progression uh, not for all of them, but for some of them. Uh, your thoughts, apparently that's not happening. We've got Aiden up here in about five, six days. So it sounds like for whatever reason, uh, the players, the coaching staff, or both uh, for now are more comfortable just letting Latham continue to work on that right side where he's got a whole lot of experience and, uh, and expose uh, Pritchett on that left side. Yeah, you know, and, and – Look, I think the, the foregone conclusion maybe in some corners was that Caden Proctor's coming in as a five-star. This is a guy that physically, just when you look at Caden Proctor, you think, yeah, he's a plug-and-play as a true freshman. We've seen Alabama do it in the past. Uh, we can name three, four, five different guys that have done it. Um, but Elijah Pritchett's a legitimate guy, you know, and so I, I wasn't that surprised. Um 
that they started spring that way. But sure, given J.C. Latham's uh, sort of experience there at left tackle, going back to his days, even at the prep level, yeah, you kind of figured that it'd be an Evan Neal type of move here most recently. Uh, but it hasn't, as you said, it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, something we seldom see with Alabama offensive lines, especially when there's a couple of three pieces that have to be replaced, is that one group that opens spring going wire to wire to the season opener, right? Usually there's some different combinations with that first group as you go through spring scrimmages and into fall camp scrimmages. Um, but maybe this is going to be the exception. I'll still be a little bit surprised if that is the case, but if it is, that means you're in a pretty good spot. If Elijah Pritchett's capable of jumping right in there in year two and nailing down that left tackle position to the point where you feel good about keeping J.C. Latham on the right side, I'd say you're in good shape. If this offensive line, Travis, looks like it's going to be a, a real tone setter, which I know is what this coaching staff is for uh, and, and could really spring these running back to obviously that's that's what you wanted for no other reason that you're going to have an inexperienced quarterback uh who, who needs manageable third downs as much as possible that goes without saying um but when you talk about the read option game with milrow he's so dynamic as an athlete and we've talked about this if if, if the backs could pick up yards with this offensive line you got to think that makes Milrow and, and, and the read option uh, all the more a dangerous aspect potentially for this offense. You wonder if uh, if things are a dead heat with he and Sips and if that could create an edge. It could, you know, and that's sort of been my expectation since the hiring of Tommy Reese. There was this sort of belief, I think, from some that, Tommy Reese is all under center. They're going to be all under center. They're going to be three tight ends, uh, and they're just going to phone booth it. And they're going to do some of the multiple tight ends, there's no doubt. But watching his offense at Notre Dame, they were gun-oriented a lot, which means they were running a lot of zone read. And Tyler Buckner, the quarterback at Notre Dame, um, in the Gator Bowl game that I watched with South Carolina, was very effective, very much more so quality over quantity i still don't think even if it is jalen milrow at quarterback that they're going to dial up a jalen hurts type of run load for him from 2016 or something like that but i can see him being you know somewhere close to double digits carries per game if he is the guy and i think ty simpson can carry that out um maybe not to the game breaking extent that milrow can with that speed of his but again um you know, he, he can be more than adequate in the zone zone read game. And, um, you know, I make good use of those backs working behind that offensive line. And you know, they got like seven scholarship tight ends right now, too. That, you know, in the Scott and something else I'm, we may get into the transfer portal window, as we know, opened again on Saturday. So you get through a day next Saturday. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much movement you have for this Alabama team. Yeah, you got to think Nick Saban and any other coach who had a scrimmage on April or, or a spring game on April 15th didn't exactly love the timing, Travis, no. for that window, to that portal window just thrown open on the day somebody may or may not like how much they played in a scrimmage. Yeah, those coaches so, that had the spring that games. Timing? Coaches had the spring games. Uh, 
this weekend. They came back into the office today, all right? It's a bit drafty in here. Well, it was that portal window. It was wide open, you know? A little drafty. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, to your point about the tight ends, though, and, and, and what Tommy Reese is, look, is maybe looking at uh, in terms of, you know, sets and whatnot, formations, my understanding is they ran a lot of 11 personnel in the second scrimmage on Saturday. A lot of one back, one tight end, did go to double tights, you know, like when you'd expect them to in short yardage and, and, and goal line, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, for, for regular downs between the 20s, sounds to me like they were running a lot of uh, three wideouts out there. It is still the Alabama offense. And the Alabama offense is always going to have 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers. You don't go out and hit at the junior college ranks for a guy like Malik Benson if you're doing away with 11 personnel. You don't continue to turn over rocks to find high-level wide receiver talent um, if you're getting away from 11 personnel. There's, there's going to be 12 personnel. There's going to be two tight end sets. There always has been under Nick Saban. Uh, but there's going to be a mix. I don't think that's going to change. And, you know, I do think the personnel will dictate play sequencing more so than just a preference or kind of a background of an offensive coordinator. Yeah, you're going from Bryce Young to either Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson. So guess what? You probably are going to run it to throw it more with these guys than you did with that last guy, because you didn't really have to run it all that much for Bryce Young to be really good. That's right. That's right. And I'll tell you too, not that this is ever not the case, but if you can block as a wide receiver, especially this particular coming fall, it's going to bode well for playing time for you. And that's where I think Kendrick Law is going to be one of those guys. Um, Because it's not that I don't think he can be – an Ardarius Stewart type or a John Mechie type as a receiver, I think he can be. But we talked about this many times last season. Their perimeter blocking in 2022 wasn't up to the standard, you know, because they struggled. Mm. And it also had something to do with they didn't have those one or two true playmakers that could score from anywhere on the field on any touch. Um, But they didn't block. I didn't think anyway, like they, they had in some previous years. So that's where you're right. I absolutely, a guy like Kendrick law, uh, that's going to help keep him towards the top of that rotation. The talking tide podcast on the belly up podcast network. want to thank a uh, sponsor really quickly, Peter Brook chocolatier of Tuscaloosa. Travis, tell them all about it. Peter Brook chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. We got you through Easter. We're getting you ready for Mother's Day coming up just around the corner. Um, And I'll tell you something else. You need to go ahead when you get a chance. It's never too early to start planning those summer events and those summer camps for the little ones, right? And the great thing about Peter Brook chocolatier is they have those camps, but hey, If you're a grown-up, you're an adult, and you want to go to camp or you want to form a camp, uh, you can do that. Give them a call at 205-752-0211. Talk to Caitlin and the outstanding staff there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. They'll get you set up with your summer camp reservations. Never too early for that at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa.
All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up podcast podcast network. I'll get that out here in just a second. Uh, Travis, going to look ahead quickly to A Day here. Um, reset on that. It's going to be kicking off at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Free admission, as always. It'll be televised again, uh, just like last year, Travis, on SEC Network Plus. Gonna be some boomers throwing that remote across the room, Travis. <laughs> trying to get this, trying to get this streaming going. You know, uh, yeah, on, on Saturday there will be. You're right, and the thing like is, like us, pretty much. I I know I'm hardcore ESPN Plus these days because I like that pro golf, and with that ESPN Plus, every week on the PGA Tour, I can pretty much fire that baby up at like eight or seven on a Thursday, starting on Thursdays, and I can have the golf on all day long. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with the college baseball, you watch, you know, Alabama baseball in there, Alabama softball in there, spring games, uh, and that's pretty much where they're sending you now. I think you had Georgia on ESPN2, and that's going to be it for the SEC teams, you know, on sort of cable or um, Dish or YouTube TV, whatever you have. So whether you like it or not, you're headed to the strain. I guess you got to win a crown, Travis, because I think for the last two straight years in a row, it's only been Georgia on regular yeah, I think TV. You're right. And of won that the last two national championships. So, well, and I, uh, uh, yeah, Prime, Prime and Colorado are going to be on ESPN. Okay. So that, that'll it. draw. That, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll I'll have Prime mic'd up, and that that'll do good oh, ratings. Yes. A lot of people will watch that. I think so. Uh, no, no doubt. All right, Prime- uh, quickly, what's that? Go ahead. I'm good. I was just gonna say a uh, quick note on the Walk of Champions ceremony, um, the captains' uh, ceremony, rather. Will Anderson, Jordan Battle, Bryce Young, Alabama's 2022 captains will get their hands and feet. Uh, imprinted in that cement over at Denny Chimes. That's going to be going on at about 12.15. Uh, and, of course, they'll be kicking off the game, uh, the scrimmage, I guess, rather, uh, around 2 p.m. Things to watch on 8A, Travis. We touched on the quarterbacks already. Uh, but maybe we'll look at a, a defense a defense here. So we talked uh, a lot of offense when we were talking about the second scrimmage. But the uh, safeties, inside linebackers, uh, pass rushers, who's out there, who's not out there. Uh, just three things off the top of my head defensively anyway that will definitely be worth watching. Yeah, I want to see the secondary. And typically, you won't see dime. You won't see the, the dime package. It'll be 11 personnel offensively or 12. So, you know, third and eight, third and 10, um, you won't see – a dime. I'd be surprised if you see it at all. But, um, you know, who are the nickel guys? Because Brian Branch has moved on. Is it Malachi Moore dropping down in that situation? Or is it Earl Little? We've heard Terry and Arnold's working inside these days at, at Star as well. You know, how do those guys, that's a very important position. And how does that sort of pan out? Um, the safeties, Christian Story, uh, Caleb Downs coming in as an early enrollee who looks like he could end up being a starter in year one at the safety position to go along with Malachi. Yeah, I'm interested in those combinations between corner safety and the sub roles because they've been more for safeties the last couple of years when it comes to the two safety spots, the nickel and the dime spots. 
Um, but in the past, they've been three corners between the two corners and stars. So different ways they can play that, different ways they can look at those combinations. Um, so I'm interested in that. And then just Jaheim Otis inside, you know, who are some other guys that are going to go along with him? You know, there's some guys like Justin Aboigby you're very happy to have back after his scary situation. Uh, Tim Smith, it's it's time for that to happen at this point. You know, um, they need some guys to take another step up in terms of negative play production there at those defensive line positions. Fun to watch those inside linebackers too. Travis Trevor getting on action. We I expect to see him play uh, a good bit of football with that first group. Also, Jihad Campbell. I, I think we'll see a lot of him. Uh, with the ones as well inside. So that's uh, going to be interesting. Of course, Deontay Lawson has been out with an injury. He'll be back uh, in fall camp, and and he's the one that's experienced in that group. Uh, so that'll change the mix a little bit, certainly. But uh, fun to watch that. I think we'll see a good bit of Earl Little at that star position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree with you. That'll be fun to watch to see how they kind of deal with that. Uh, we know Matt. I've got some uh, experience there. He's practiced there, but it sounds as though he's been working more at safety this spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they go so. when they go nickel with that first group, that would be my expectation, which you just sort of outlined there. But, um, you know, Christian Story, too, at the safety position. I thought Nick had some interesting comments about him uh, going into his final campaign and really talking about him in terms of a starter but what they're still looking to get from him in terms of consistency. And this is it. You know, we talk about some of those guys up front, same thing for Christian story on the back end. And uh, there's roles available. You know, even if you don't start in the base, uh, depending on how that personnel is juggled when they go nickel and dime, you you can find yourself in there like a Hootie Jones uh, in recent years. And uh, some of those other guys that have come on when they start making moves within those sub packages. No question about it. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. For Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News and, of course, Crimson Cover Television as well. Be sure to join us next Sunday night. Travis and I will fire it right back up uh, for what will be a recap of A-Day. I look forward to it, and we will talk to you then here on Talking Tide.